How's it going, everyone? I wanted to hop in here really quick before we get to our show and let you know of a couple of announcements. If you are a member of Path 11 TV, you get to explore the many benefits and the perks that we have, which is being invited to private Zoom room sessions with different types of people that we invite on Path 11 TV. In January... Mark this date down, January 13th, 2021 at 7 p.m. I have invited the numerology coach, Niseem Siegel, to come in and give you guys readings about your numerology number. So for the subscribers that we already have, they have received an email and we asked them to provide us with their name, their date of birth, the time that they were born and where they were born. I have forwarded that information over to Niseem and she is going to be selecting a few people and giving readings in this session. So if you sign up for your membership before January 13th, you will be invited and get that private Zoom room link. This is something that we're hoping to bring to our members every single month, somebody new, somebody different. So we're very excited about that. Also, we have launched every single app that you can imagine for you to be able to watch Path 11 TV on any device that you own. Quickest way to find that is to go to path11tv.com, scroll down to the bottom, select your device and download it. We have new videos coming to Path 11 TV in 2021. The Afterlife Awareness Conference that we filmed in 2020 is going to be launched on January 5th. There are over 22 hours of amazing presentations and this conference actually was put on hold and we couldn't go there in person. We were supposed to go to Chicago, but because the pandemic hit, we had to bring this conference on to a virtual platform. So it is a virtual platform, just so you know, which actually in some ways is like really great quality and you'll be able to hear the speakers very well. So we have that coming to you January 5th. Also in late January, we have Shortcuts on the Path, which are really mini documentary series about 20 to 30 minutes long. I wanted to explore a bunch of different ways that people can heal. And the one that we are launching in late January is all about salt caves and how that is very beneficial to the health. So uh, that is coming. Look for that. And we also launched Ask Dr. Death. It is hosted by Dr. Terry Daniel and Dr. Karen White. They ask and answer the tough questions around death and dying, and we have the first two episodes out there. So as you see, we are constantly uploading new videos to Path 11 TV, and I'm really excited again about our event on January 13th with Numerology Coach at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Head on over to path11tv.com, and now for the show. And thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast today. We are going to be talking about rainbows. Look at how beautiful this book is, The Rainbow Tablet's Journey Back to Wholeness. And my guest today is Sia Lanou, Australia. 
And uh, this actually author and book was recommended to a listener. So um, I want to thank Lee or Lee, I'm not sure how she pronounces it, but uh, she sent me an email after listening to uh, our show that we had with Carrie Hummingbird. I kind of have the email here. And uh, she was just talking about how she picked up on the synchronicities that we were talking about rainbows uh, with Carrie Hummingbird. And about a month ago, one of our podcast listeners came across Ciela uh, News book and she ordered it and said, hey, maybe you might want to interview her for the Path 11 podcast. So that's what we're doing today. I am so excited. I would like to welcome Ciela New to the thank Path 11 podcast. How are you? Amazing. Yeah, it's so lovely to be here and thank you for having me. Yes, we've been trying to get you on for a while, but you were moving during COVID. You were in Australia. And let me give our listeners a little background that um, you've been channeling and offering multidimensional healing since your teens. You are Australian born and you were living in Peru, but now you've moved to London, correct? <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> okay. That's a big jump. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, it says here that you uh, share your gifts through mentorship, worldwide retreats. And when cosmic developments made it possible for the rainbow tablets to be restored to earth, you were called urgently to channel this manuscript that I have mm -hmm. here on the rainbow tablets. And we are going to talk about um, the gifts of the rainbow frequency and what that means. And um, I haven't gone back to actually listen to the interview that I did with this uh, shaman, Carrie Hummingbird, but I remember we were talking about rainbows and I have a Reiki student of mine that when I was teaching her uh, Reiki, one of the things that she naturally did was surround herself in rainbows and then she would put rainbows around um, the people that she was working on. And I have always had a connection with rainbows since I was a little girl. I didn't think that I think most little girls do, you know, I'm not sure, but all of my drawings were always of rainbows um, and outside and birds and clouds. But I am like fascinated with the chakra system. I have a deep connection to the rainbow itself. And then reading your book, I got a little freaked out because it's like, okay, as you're reading this book, you are going to be receiving a transmission. And I was like, I don't know if I need a transmission yet. Hold on, what's going on here? What am I tapping into? So um, I am really excited to be here with you today and to learn, you know, about the rainbow frequency um, and about the rainbow warriors and, you know, some stuff that you can tell us about um, the rainbow prophecy, uh, the cosmic rainbow prophecy and stuff like that. But first, I want to learn more about you. And you've been channeling since your teens. So oh my gosh, that must have been pretty intense. So yeah, tell me more about your story. Do you know what I would say for me, it's not intense at all. It was just it's the only way I've ever known. Um, so it was, I, I mean, I say my teens, but really, it was it was from when I was a little girl, you know, um, so I came in with a lot of my gifts open. I was clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognizant, clairvoyant. Um, and I just thought that was how everyone experienced the world. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just the way I knew how to experience the world. And, um, I guess, you know, coming into my teens, I got a call to start working with my healing. And so this is when I, um, I actually started with Reiki. That was, that was my way in. I did my Reiki training when I was 15 years old. And uh, then I guess like most people um, or many people, I um, took a bit of a detour. You know, I, I had the I knew what I was here to do, but it wasn't really fitting with, I guess, you know, what my parents thought. 
um, I should be doing with my my life at the time, what society told me, etc. So, um, yeah, I kind of I, I, I had the experience that so many have had, where I went off and and took the scenic route. You know, I had the corporate career, and and it was challenging, you know, because I, I remember um, in one of my first professional jobs. I was telepathic and, 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 again, it was just how I'd always been and I remember a couple of times, really embarrassing times where, um, you know, one of my managers uh, would say, would think something behind me but because I couldn't see that their lips hadn't moved, I would think they'd said it so I would answer it and then it would, you know, be kind of this awkward thing where they'd be like, how did you know what I was thinking? And I'm like, I didn't, you just said it. And they're like, no, I didn't, I thought it. And I'm like, oh, um do, 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 do. <laughs> I mean, what do you say in that situation? Okay. So it was it was actually quite um, difficult for me, and I and I think a lot of people who've had their gifts open have experienced this, where it's difficult to um, operate in the normal world, you know, because you interpret it in a different way. So I actually went through a period where I completely blocked off all of my gifts, and I tried to live what I thought was normal and um, it was a very strange experience because I suddenly realised that I I didn't know how to make decisions um, in that way because I'd always been so connected with my guidance and my intuition that to, I suddenly felt paralysed. I couldn't decide be, between things and I thought, how do people do this? How do people sit there and try and navigate this experience of life when you're not connected in with your intuition, you know. So um, gradually, obviously, I came back to opening it up and and then was uh, called to move to Peru. Um, I actually felt it for about 12 years, but uh, then I, I finally answered the call about three and a half years ago and it was the most sacred mountain over there. So another thing, I could talk to mountains, I could talk to you know, trees and, you know, all of these other beings, which, again, so many of us can do. And I think I believe most of us can as children. It's just really natural to us. It's just that, you know, social conditioning kind of drills it out of us. And, um, yeah, so the, the, the really sacred mountain over there summoned me and I sold my apartment. I gave up my job. I, I, I left everything um, that I knew and I arrived in Peru with two bags and no plan. And I just said, okay, guys, so what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, like somebody tell me what this is all about. And um, that was when my journey really began. You know, I really, I, I'd left everything behind. There was nothing for me to go back to. So it was just this absolute leap of faith. And um, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Wow. So tell me a little bit more about how the Rainbow Tablets uh, came through to you and you had this call to uh, write this manuscript. Yeah. So I do share in the, um, I believe it's the introduction of the book, uh, my first day arriving in Cusco, jet lagged as anything, absolutely exhausted, 36 hour transit or something like that and high altitude, you know. So all I wanted to do was sleep. And then I heard Pachamama, so Pachamama is the Peruvian name for Mother Earth or Gaia. I heard her summon me up the mountain to the Temple of the Moon and I was like, Pachamama, I can't. I'm, I'm so exhausted, I can't. 
I, I don't have the energy. And she was like, it's really important that you come and you sit in ceremony today. So I work a lot with ceremony. Um, so I had a tiny nap and then I went and bought my flowers and I, I went up there. It took me probably two and a half hours to walk what was really a 40-minute walk because I was just so out of breath with the altitude. But I knew it was important. And I, I, sat, I came into ceremony and I grounded myself into the land. So it was really about me introducing myself reintroducing myself to the land and giving myself in service to the land saying I've answered the call I'm here I'm yours I give myself you know in my highest service and when I opened my eyes there was this rainbow um just in front of me so I was kind of like on a on an edge um and and it was going down into a gully and it but it wasn't a rainbow like we see in the sky it was like a hovering um pillar of rainbow light like a like an actual pillar and I heard Pachamama say, go into the rainbow. And, of course, I took it very literally. I'm like, um, I can't. There's no way to get down and get across. And so, I, I, you know, again, she said, go into the rainbow. And I thought, maybe she means energetically. So I, I connected in with the rainbow. And um, I had this incredible moment of sensing the rainbow as consciousness, becoming aware that it was not just colour, it was actual consciousness. And as I became aware of that, I actually saw the colours pulsating. They weren't just these kind of, um, you know, set set pillars of colour. They were expanding and contracting. And and I sort of, it, it was such a profound moment that I kind of went, <gasps> you know, like it was, it was, it was a, a really powerful thing. And then, of course, when I did that, I jarred myself out of it. So that night I, I went home and I, I went to sleep and I, I just thought something really big happened today, but I knew I hadn't fully understood it. And the next day I had to go and buy some things, um, you know, for my home and I walked down to the bus stop and I asked the, the um, inspector there which bus did I need to get to the plaza. And he said, Arco Iris, and Arco Iris is rainbow. In Spanish, so I had to catch the rainbow bus to get to the plaza. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, and it pulls up with this big rainbow on the front, and I was just like, "What is going on?" <laughs> so it, it was really introduced to me from the second I arrived in Peru, and then, to be honest, though, it wasn't until about a year and a half later that I actually met the rainbow race. You know, there was a lot. That, that first year and a half living there was huge for me, a lot of shedding, a lot of um, ego death, which I know we'll probably talk about, breaking apart all that I wasn't so that I could remember all that I actually was. And, uh, and then there was um, a, a day where I was again up at the Temple of the Moon and I was, um, you know, really connected in and... I felt um, I felt like the divine feminine energy wanting to connect in. It felt like all of the cosmos. It just felt like this incredibly powerful energy. And the message from the time that I moved to Peru was stop being small. This is a message so many of us get. Stop being small. Stop, stop keeping yourself in a box. Stop fearing your power. We need you in your power. And... Um, you know, I was doing it, but it was it was very confronting. This was a big part of my ego death, you know, to actually um, embrace that. And I think it's something so many of us uh, struggle with. And so as I felt the divine feminine energy come in, she was coming in with such force and, and I was resisting. 
I was resisting and and she said, um, you know, she said to me, do not put me out on the curbside. Do not tell me that I'm too much. You know, I am the divine mother and I am you and you are me. And, and I had to surrender to this incredibly powerful energy. And so it was this really big um, experience, you know, to feel like I was allowing the energy of all of the cosmos to kind of pulsate through me. And then afterwards, um, I felt the energy of the divine father, you know, the divine masculine energy come in and it was this very nurturing kind of container. It felt very safe and I felt very held. And, and then I felt the two come together. And all of a sudden I was um, in this place. So I've done multidimensional travel uh, since I was, you know, a teenager. So I've been to many different star systems and many different star races and uh, I found myself somewhere I'd never been before. And at first it just felt, it just felt like bliss, like pure bliss. I don't know any other word. And I, um, I was just, you know, taking it in and after a while I'm like, why am I here? You know, is there something I'm meant to do or learn? And uh, I, res- I, I, I saw that the white, because it was very, very pure and very, very white, that there was this rainbow frequency running through everything. It was like this iridescent rainbow colour. And then it kind of took form. So these were still etheric light beings, very, you know, crystalline beings, but they kind of took on a shape with the with the rainbow frequency and they introduced themselves as the rainbow race. And um, that was my first ever contact with them. And then obviously once that contact was made, we, we started working together. And they told me, I, I know we're going to talk about this a bit more, um, but they told me that I had been encoded with um, the rainbow tablets. My, myself and my counterpart had been encoded with the rainbow tablets. And at this time, my counterpart and I um, had come into union to, I guess, restore these codes within me. And that we'd been waiting for lifetime after lifetime, been waiting for the right time for this to be returned. And that now the time was right. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, they said they were going to, um, give me a transmission of the rainbow tablets, but I had to make a commitment on the spot that I would not sit on that um, remembering. They said this is deep cosmic remembering that belongs to everyone and if you choose to receive it, you need to make it available to everyone. So I knew I was committing in that moment that, that you know, I could see it was it was a book and it needed to go out there to everyone and I needed to be a lot more visible to, to make it, um, you know, accessible to everyone and and I, I said yes. <laughs> now I know our listeners are saying, okay, what are the rainbow tablets? You know, mm-hmm. what, is, what is this? So can we go into that? Yeah, definitely. So, um, okay, so I need to talk a little bit about our cosmic history to, to share this. So, the way it was shared with me, and before I started channeling the rainbow tablets, I had to go through a series of transmissions myself so that I could actually be shown what it was and understand it before I could bring it into words. At the beginning, uh, there was the all. So, so just this beautiful consciousness that is divine love. And the all um, wanted to experience itself. So it broke apart into the rainbow race. 
And the rainbow rays are these incredible light beings um, made of the rainbow frequency because the rainbow frequency is the divine love frequency. It's the God essence, but but actually it's beyond what we think of as God. It's I would call it the all essence. And these beings are um, they are us in our in our most unified form. So I'll, I'll get to explaining that in a moment. Um, they, there's no birth or death, there's no gender, they are completely in wholeness, there's no time, they exist outside of time and space. And so this was the experience for a while and then it was agreed that the all wished to have a deeper experience of itself. So the decision was made to break apart into um, incarnations and there's actually a beautiful um, little image of this in the, in the book that I'll just quickly try and find. Um, but basically, um, each of our rainbow unified selves broke apart into many different um, incarnations. So you can sort of see that there, you know. And so this is what we might think of as past lives, future lives, parallel, parallel timelines, etc. You know, we're all aware that, that there are many versions of ourselves because we talk about this. We talk about higher selves, past lives, you know our future selves, we know this. And so each of these fragments is one part of our rainbow unified self and we're all just having this experience in, in, in this experiment of separation. And after a bit longer, um, it was desired that we would go deeper into this experiment where we would actually forget that we were the, the all essence, you know, um, and that's when the rainbow tablets were kind of birthed because in going into this experiment, which was known as the reign of darkness, we needed to make sure that the remembering was preserved. So it was encoded into certain, um, you know, counterpart pairs so that it would be, you know, there for the, for the time when it was ready for it to be returned. And then we agreed to be bound. So I was one of those that had agreed to carry that, that um, transmission, rainbow tablets, the, the great remembering, and, and be bound so that it wouldn't be restored until the time was right. Um, so the, the, the reign of darkness, again, the, the purpose of it was just experience, you know, that this whole experiment in separation has all just been about experience. And it was, it was never going to end by light defeating dark because they're two parts of the one. You know, it is all divine love, everything in existence, everything on earth, everything in the multiverse is of the all. It is of the God essence. It is made of divine love. So what we may perceive as dark or, or you know, other words that we might use, evil, negative, um, whatever it might be, it's, it's still divine love at its essence but struggling more with this experiment of separation. So it's gone more into the darker side of this duality experience. The, the, the moment that the reign of darkness was going to end was never going to be by one defeating the other. It was going to be by enough um, beings across the cosmos coming back to that remembering of their own rainbow frequency, that remembering of the divine love essence of the wholeness within and we reached that point in our earth experience of time um, at the beginning of last year 
So we've been over this last, you know, sort of year and a half, really grounding in this frequency. There are a lot of people, um, obviously, who've, who've read the book and, and are connected in with um, the community. I have a, a beautiful group on Facebook called the Rainbow Tablets, Rainbow Frequency Stabilizers. And, you know, over the last um, year and a half, we've all really been anchoring this, remembering this higher timeline of, of unity, of wholeness within and so now with the restoration of the Rainbow Tablets, and this is just the first of a number of books, there will be at least three. Um, there could be more, they haven't told me, but this is the first one. And this is, um, as, as you know, it's, it's an overview. So it gives a real, it's, it's deep awakening across nine core topics, um, but there's a lot more to come. But basically it's this remembering that we are the divine love essence within. We, we are the rainbow frequency and everything is love. Love is all. All is love. All is one. So it's this beautiful um, unity as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the interesting thing in the beginning, too, um, was you were talking a little bit about it, um, about like the encoding of our DNA and yeah. how – I don't know, you could probably speak about that a little bit more. I don't want to mess it up. But, you know, the encoding where that that encoding of the DNA kind of um, with that that darkness that had come in was a part of us kind of forgetting who we were. Yeah, so so basically once we went into the reign of darkness and a lot of people have memories of this, um, it lasted a lot longer than any of us could have anticipated for the first thing. But um, secondly, it um, there were a lot of cosmic wars, you know. There was a lot of struggle in this time. So there were there were certain star races and, and groups, et cetera, that um, really tried to defeat others and, and you know, it was, it was a rough time. And one of the things that happened was that Earth um, became in a way, um, so Earth to begin with, before, before this, at the beginning of the experiment in separation, before we forgot who we were, Earth was the playground of the gods, you know. It was just this incredible paradise. It was this rainbow Earth. It was, it was a place that the gods could kind of like, and I say the gods, but really we are all the gods, you know, because we're all that all essence. Um, so it was a place where we could come to, um, you know, kind of forget, but remember, have that delight of rediscovering it. So it was a really beautiful paradise. And then once we went into the reign of darkness and the cosmic wars broke out, um, there were certain star races that had quite uh, a parasitical energy so they started to feed on um those lower vibrations it was, it was like it's their food source you know so like fear hopelessness anger uh all of these these um sorts of things so they they actually um tampered with the dna of humans and our, our human uh, our human dna was tampered with and we were cut off from the higher realms so We've, you know, on Earth, humans have had a, a much tougher experience of this reign of darkness than many other star races because we had that additional layer of the, the DNA being interfered with so that we, we just couldn't even bridge that, um, you know, to, to connect with the higher realms. And we, they also placed um, energetic grids around Earth. So all of this has been broken down now, the energetic grids that were around Earth. 
Um, our DNA is being restored, so a lot of people have already been going through DNA upgrades. Um, there are certain layers of the ego death that we need to go through to be able to access those DNA upgrades, um, but it's there and available to all of us. Um, so does that answer the question? Yeah, it just blows my mind. It's just like so interesting. And I feel like the way that you described it in the beginning of your book, I mean, I've always heard of the spiritual awakening. You know, people are waking up. And when you wake up on your spiritual path, uh, for some reason, the way that this, I was reading it in the manuscript, uh, just made sense. Like, oh, yeah, this is what they are referring to as the awakening. We're remembering who we are. We're, you know, waking up to that. But understanding how we lost who we were, I think, mm -hmm. helped me to make that connection of waking up. Um, I had also wanted to make mention, it's uh, early on, on page nine, um, there's a section here about star seeds and mm -hmm. masters on the earth. Um, and you talk about um masters having to pass through the veil of amnesia. Now, I just want to let our listeners know this was channeled. So this isn't necessarily you who wrote this, but this yeah. is coming from the rainbow race. Mm -hmm. And um, it says for until recently, there was one of the only ways to come into embodiment embodiment on earth, many still have not remembered who they are or are re-embodied their gifts, but they often have a sense of feeling homesick for some other world or place. They do not feel that they belong on earth and cannot understand the way humans treat each other. Mm -hmm. And um, I cannot tell you how many, I guess you would say many millennials have walked in my office of that generation. Um, and I've been working with some of these um, ladies since they've been 16 years old and how many times they say this to me. I just feel like I want to go home, but I don't know where home is. I don't feel like I should be here on earth. And they're not suicidal. Yeah. It has nothing to do with suicide yeah. and not wanting to be on earth, but like they really don't know like why they are here. And they tend to be what we would call empaths, right? They just like feel so much and they're so affected by things that are happening here on earth that they it's hard for them to live here to yeah. be in their bodies because of how much they feel but how many times have i heard that they feel homesick um they feel like that they have to be from somewhere else and i've heard it so much that i think probably by the 10th time uh, like the 10th person came in and said this to me i started like googling and researching what's the starseed concept because mm -hmm. i think um one of my clients actually did her own research and she said i think i'm starseed and this was like years ago and I'm like well I have uh, what is that what's a starseed I'm not sure what that is and then when I started doing research I was like wow and then when more people would come in and talk to me about that I would say oh have you ever heard of a starseed before maybe you might want to look that up and then when they look that up and they're like meeting this checklist right so now there's like a checklist for everything yeah. that they're <laughs> feeling some sort of comfort and they're not feeling as crazy like okay maybe I really am not from earth but that's yeah. what this longing is to want to go home yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I mean, the first thing I want to say is that it, the truth is we're all starseeds, you know, we're all from the stars. Um, but there are those who um, had chosen to be in service on Earth for a lot longer. So, so you know, they have much more of an Earth energy about them and they would feel more of a natural sense of home on Earth. But... Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny that you say the millennials um, are expressing this so much because I would say it's definitely something that has affected multiple, multiple generations have been aware of this. 
Um, I know even my mum, you know, who's who's in her seventies now, um, had had this sense of this, um, but didn't have a way to express it. I think the difference is that now it's safer to talk about these things because for a long time it wasn't understood and it wasn't it wasn't safe to talk about these things. You were. You, you were considered a loony, you know. Um, so it's a really natural feeling because we, you know, some people might think that because Earth is in this third dimensional space and we're, you know, a bit lower in the dimensions than, than you know, some of the other star systems that we're earlier on in our um, in our journey or in our, our remembering. But actually, it's it's kind of the opposite, especially at the moment, because um, essentially, you know, as we were getting close to this, uh, it's called the return to unification. So we're in that period now. As we were getting close to the return to unification, you know, the star councils were, were formed, and uh, it was really identified that Earth. So, so the the the, the the essence of it is that um, all time and space is returning back to oneness now. We're coming back gradually back to wholeness. So time and space is is collapsing. You know, this is why everyone's talking about Earth moving up dimensions. You know, we are we are bringing it all back to wholeness. But it was identified that because of this interference on Earth, because of the you know, the tampering with the DNA and the the grids that were around Earth and everything, it was kind of almost like the ball and chain of the multiverse. It was it was just not, you know, as everything's starting to awaken and to rise in frequency and rise in consciousness, Earth was still stuck. And, you know, we can't, no one can be left behind. We, as this experiment comes back to unification, as we come back to our rainbow unified selves you know like all aspects of ourselves have to be brought back to one so this is when it was decided that we needed to really take a lot of the very um advanced ascended masters um to earth you know they had to incarnate on earth so um there are millions millions and millions of star seeds of very highly um you know I don't want to say advanced. It's hard with our language because our language talks in terms of hierarchy and the rainbow race, you know, are very clear that there is no hierarchy, you know, but but for lack of a better word, you know, they're, they're further along in their remembering. They're further along in their awakening, in their um, embodiment. And so what we would probably look up to and go, oh, they're the, they're the ascended masters, they're way up there. Actually, so many have... Um, come down here we've come down here to be in service but in order to break it to to actually um create the shift on earth we had to come in through the veil of amnesia um you know a lot of people are aware that the veil of amnesia is is becoming much much thinner so the remembering is far more easy now and the access between dimensions is is so much easier now um, but the other thing is we had to come into the programs that we're, we're, we're actually here to break because we have to break them from the inside. Obviously, our amazing star brothers and sisters are up there really supporting us, but the issue was that the, the frequencies couldn't get down and be grounded on Earth because Earth was kind of like trapped in such a low frequency. So we had to come in and, and bust that open from the inside so that these higher frequencies could come in. So it's, it's a massive co-creation. Um, but when I talk about programs, 
this is part of this interference, you know, from these parasitical kind of um, star beings that, that were feeding off that energy. So there are programs around um, worthlessness. There are programs around, oh, gosh, what was the one that we were talking about? Um, I was talking about one with someone today. Um, I mean, programs around separation massively, you know, feeling like we're isolated, we, we are forsaken. That's what a lot of starseeds feel because they've come into that program and they feel almost like forsaken on this planet because the frequency just doesn't match, you know. There's, there's distortion programs around sexuality, um, around corruption and power, you know, all sorts of things um, around abuse, you know, the distorted masculine, the distorted feminine. So we've come in and a lot of starseeds have chosen very difficult um, situations in their life, very difficult life experiences because they wanted to come in and experience it and heal it. And when we heal it, we heal it not just for ourselves. You know, there's an Indigenous saying that when you heal for yourself, you heal for the seven generations before you and the seven to come. I would say it's more than that, you know. It's absolutely we're healing for our ancestors. We're healing for those that are that are still to come, but we are also healing for the collective because the more of us who unplug from these programs and, and say, you know, no, I'm not going to act in that way just because I was abused, I'm not going to then abuse my children and, you know, keep passing it down as we've, we've seen so often or because that person has done something bad to me, I'm going to treat someone else bad. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. As we break these programs, um, it, it, it heals it for the collective and it sends out these waves of higher consciousness and waves of love, you know, because we're coming back into that love frequency. Um, so yeah, I guess coming back to this homesickness, this is very unfamiliar, you know, as these incredible, incredibly advanced, again, sorry about the hierarchical word, but advanced, um, beings to then come and, and take on a human form and take on these programs. It just doesn't feel natural. And so there's this homesickness for a different place, a different star system that feels more aligned with the true essence of what we are. And what I would say to people is um, home is within, you know, the exact same rainbow frequency of divine love that runs through that star system that you feel, whether you can name it or not, but that star system for which you long and and you and you identify as home, the exact same divine love frequency that runs through that runs through you and it runs through every other being and it runs through earth. Yeah, so that's the remembering that we're bringing, that home is actually within. Home is this, this rainbow frequency. That is home. But because it's been forgotten um, from, from earth for so long because we've been in such a dark space, um, it can feel like we're very far from home and, and we, we sometimes think that home must be an external place. We forget that we've come here to bring home, you know, to bring the remembering, to bring that beautiful frequency back to earth. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's actually really beautiful. And I hope that explanation helps a lot of people maybe who are feeling that too. Um, I wanted to also, I'm going to go into my notes here um, about the ego death. 
And this is kind of in line a little bit with another author that I recently spoke to, um, Jeff Thompson. He wrote a book called The Divine CEO. He was recently on here and he talked a little bit in different terms, different ways about the ego death and how sometimes we're looking at the ego as a bad thing. But he also mentioned a reunification with the ego and we're kind of like cheering for the ego once we are able to kind of separate and be more of the observer of it. So again, there was like this theme that I'm reading for a second time um, in this channeled material too. And um, so I want to just read a couple of the parts that I've highlighted, Mm -hmm. and then we can talk a little bit more about um, the ego death. So one thing that I highlighted on page 87 was the key is that your higher self and guides will not initiate your ego death until you are ready. So it's not something that you can force. Um, And then on page 89, I highlighted Um, As we've shared, the ego does not actually die. Rather, you break free from its control. You come to view the world and your experience from your higher self rather than your ego. Eventually, you will raise the frequency of your body to the point that it can hold the full frequency of your higher self. And at this point, the ego and higher self will reunite as one. Yeah. So I am trying to wrap my head around that. Because it's like... Can you like, yeah, can you explain that a little bit? Like yeah. the ego death and then reuniting, yeah. That was new for me as well when that when when that came through. So it's it's an interesting to be a channel, it's it's an interesting experience because as I'm channeling it, I'm like, whoa, no way, you know. <laughs> so I, I experience it like the reader. And um what they had shared, so in another part of that, a uh, slightly earlier part of that chapter, is that because of this shortening of the DNA. Our human bodies can't hold the full frequency of the higher self aspect that wanted to come in. So, again, I want to take it back to that image of all, all the little little versions of ourselves through time and space, you know. So we've got all these different little versions of ourselves. So each of these would be what we would refer to as a higher self perhaps, you know. And, and one of those would incarnate into the human body to come down here on earth. But because the, the DNA tampering has, you know, obviously been um, embedded in the, in the actual physical body, the whole higher self can't come in. So a fragmentation occurs and that's what forms the ego. The ego is, is not bad. The ego is actually just a fragmentation of the higher self that was able to come in and be held by this vessel. But because it's coming in and it's operate, it's being held by the DNA that contains all of these programs and distortions that we're breaking. So this is why we're also rewriting our DNA. Um, the ego takes that on. So that's why we have quite, um, you know, kind of a, almost like a shadow experience with the ego, that the ego is, um, operating within those 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 limitations that are not within truth so the ego death as you've read is not it's not about the ego ceasing to exist it's about us not allowing the ego to have control over us you know so when the ego runs things we are generally um operating from our pain body you know, and our and our shadow self, you know, because the, the ego will always look to protect us. Its instinct is really beautiful. It wants to protect us, but its way of enacting it is a little bit lost, you know. So say, for instance, if someone's been hurt by someone before, they might adopt an attitude of, well, I've got to hurt others before they hurt me. 
not so great, you know. <laughs> the, the ego is wanting to do the right thing. It's it's wanting to protect, but it comes out through this distortion, through these programs. Um, you know, the ego likes to keep us small. The ego likes things to be safe. There's that fear of rejection, fear of being seen, the fear of standing in our power. So our ego will often tell us, not to go out on a limb, not to express things, not to talk our truth, not to, you know, not to be too different, all of these things. So, you know, and, and obviously when we're in those heated moments and we, we sometimes react in, um, you know, we might match the aggression or something like that, that's the ego coming out. So the, the ego death is when we no longer let the ego run the show, yeah? We, we can actually be so connected with this, higher remembering and this higher self which at first we experience as outside of ourselves because it's only as we change the frequency of our physical vessel that that more of our higher self can actually be embodied within the physical vessel we actually become um it is like a bystander it's like this this witness you know we can just um hi ego i I see you um Look, I, I I recognize that you're you're you've been triggered, and that's okay. But you know what? We're going to act from a place of enli- uh, alignment, you know, divine alignment, and we're going to act from a place from the heart. And we make a conscious decision in every moment not to act from those triggers, not to act from those wounds, not to act from those old patterns of um, you know negative and damaging behavior so these are the the more subtle layers of the the ego death you know it calls forth from us um, a really radical level of self-responsibility yeah and and alignment really being very conscious about our alignment because if we're not connecting in each day to like really bring ourselves into the heart to anchor in to you know the great mother earth to to and anchor in to and connect with the the great universe you know if we're not really connecting in with those energies and bringing ourselves into our highest frequency each day the density of the energy and this is where when you talk about empaths they're very very affected by this you know the density of the um energy that we're walking around in and we're existing in um drags us back into ego you know, so I, I talk a lot about embodiment, embodiment, and embodiment isn't a one-stop thing. It's not like, oh, I had a great activation and now I'm <laughs> now I'm awake and now I'm this divine being. You know, embodiment is like living the practices. It's living in that way. It's it's having the 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 tools and and the awarenesses that you can draw upon so that we because as I say it's not that the ego dies it's just that we our way of interacting with it and and um being able to choose a higher path a, a higher response um one that's far more aligned with the true essence of who we are um you know that comes through the embodiment Wonderful. Now, I have a question, too, about the rainbow race, because Mm -hmm. I know that we probably also have a lot of listeners and people who maybe have gone through Reiki training or they are experimenting, you know, in other types of healing modalities to help people. I think we probably have a lot of light workers that listen, you know, to this podcast. Is the rainbow race available to anyone that calls upon them? So if if I'm doing, say, a healing and I'd like to incorporate the rainbow race in and ask them for their their energy for my client. Um, am, am I allowed to do that, number one? <laughs> because 
essentially we are the rainbow race. We're just in fragmentation. Yeah, so the rainbow out, we each have a rainbow unified self. Yeah, so um, I think I, I, I don't know other terms that people use for this. Um, I know there's, uh, I think there's other terms that people might use for like an over, overlighting soul or something like that. But essentially our rainbow unified self is us in our most um, unified whole form. So we don't have gender. We are outside of time and space. We are absolutely pure divine love rainbow frequency. Um, so that is us. We are made of the rainbow frequency. Everything is and everyone is. So we can absolutely call on the rainbow race and call on our own rainbow unified self to assist, you know, to guide us, to um, help with any of this healing. And there might be an aspect of as we try to reach, it's, it's quite a high frequency. So obviously there is um, a layer of needing to do the work, <laughs> you know, whenever we connect in with um, higher frequencies, higher frequency guides, higher frequency star races, there will be things within us that we need to shed and release. And again, this is the ongoing process of the ego death. So, um, you know, we, we, we are absolutely held in this. We can't be operating in a space of, say, false light or spiritual bypassing and be working in integrity and be working with these higher frequencies because it, it just can't happen, you know. So when I talk about, when I mention, you know, false light, again, this is a trick of the ego. You know, the ego will um, do anything it can to avoid the deep work. It doesn't want to look at what it considers the the darker aspects of ourselves, the, the ugliness, you know, the ugliness within but actually everything about us is, is its love, you know. It is divine love. And so what our ugly parts need or our darker parts need is actually to be acknowledged, to be forgiven, um, to be welcomed back into love, you know, and welcomed back into wholeness. And so what can happen is that sometimes people really want to, they, they want to be all in the light. You know, and, and if you consider light and dark as duality, we can't get to wholeness by hiding in one or the other. It, it just doesn't work that way. So the journey back to wholeness is actually it's, it's a necessary part that we, you know, that we are able to actually look at all of those parts of ourselves and forgive, to have compassion, to love them, to love all that we are. This is the ultimate self-love, you know, coming back to wholeness. So sometimes people will want to hide in, oh, well, I'm just, I'm just all about the light and, and this and that. And um, so then it's very hard to connect with these higher frequencies because you're coming from a place of separation and a place of duality. But when we're actually really present with the work and we're, you know, really committed to coming into that frequency of wholeness and we're willing to do the work because it will call us into the work, you know, and but it's not something to be feared. The thing that I've discovered on this journey, I mean, I've, whew, you know, I've been brought to my knees so many times on this journey, but I've learned to see the beauty in all of it. Like, you know, this whole thing, this whole experiment in, in an experience in separation that we're all going through in the multiverse was all about experience. And I just feel this experience we're having right now of being on earth during this great awakening, this great remembering, 
and the depths of what we're able to feel, whether it's the depths of the bliss and the joy or it's the depths of the grief, it's like, wow, you know, there's so much beauty in all of it. So I think when we look at our own journey and our own healing process with loving eyes and seeing the the beauty in all of it, it takes away the fear and we don't need, there's nothing we need to resist. You know, we are so held and so supported. Like I said, you know, we've got the great mother, we've got great spirit, we've got our whole star family and councils and everything up there just like cheering us on. You know, we're doing big work here. It was not a small assignment to, to say as a, you know, as an ascended master, I'm going to go down there on earth and I'm going to take on all of these programs and I'm going to forget it so that I can break it from the inside. It was huge. And so we have so much support. So, yes, we can all absolutely connect in with the rainbow race and and reach this really high frequency just as long as we are um, honest with ourselves, you know, and we're willing to do the work and we're not trying to hide um, or suppress our shadow or, you know, try to be what we think we're meant to be but actually just be in that purity and integrity of exactly who we are. We are all the divine the divine love essence, you know. It's yeah. Now, when you talk about this great awakening and that we're having an upgrade in our DNA, mm-hmm. is there is part of the pandemic and what we're going through right now, is, is that a part of all of this? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't get too much into that sort of thing. I don't get too much into, you know, the, the pandemic, the politics and all of the different things. Um, we will continue to have many, many different things roll out. Um, what I would say is that, um, and it's in the book, that that our societies here, because they were built on this distorted DNA and these distorted programs, it's built, the structure of everything that we know is built um, on illusion, you know. It's built, it's not built on truth. Uh, so as the higher frequency is held and anchored into those higher timelines, it destabilizes the lower timeline. So when I talk about timelines, I mean um, there's a splitting of realities that many of us have been aware of for a couple of years now where it's actually possible to already start to experience what I refer to as rainbow earth. So this is not fifth dimensional new earth. That was just a an idea that was seeded as a stepping stone because at that point this idea of like complete wholeness would have been too much for us to even conceive. So this is beyond what we would think of as fifth dimensional new earth. This is rainbow earth. This is the return of Lemuria within. This is, um, you know, it's huge. It's beautiful. And so a lot of us are already connected in with that and already um, living that experience but bridging it here with the, I guess, the 3D reality. And as we do that, we anchor that higher frequency. It causes destabilization in the in the lower realities because, um, and we talk about that in the book, that the it's this remembering of this frequency will destroy all illusion. It will actually break it apart and it will be a, a collapsing of all that's false, yeah, so we're bringing back the purity and because that frequency is so high, anything that's not in alignment with it will essentially collapse, it will be exposed, etc. So we're going to go through a lot of different things and they did, you know, they did say in the book it could look like it's getting worse 
before it gets better, but it's actually not. It's the experience that we choose. So I would just like to share my experience of, of you know, the pandemic. Um, I, I was in Peru, living in Peru. Um, we had one of the most intense lockdowns of the world. I think South Africa might have been the only one that was around about on par with what we had. Um, and it was very intense and it would have been very easy to go into fear, to, to really, um, you know, deeply be affected by that. Also, my work, most of my work that was lined up for this year was actually physical retreats. So obviously that didn't happen. But I just felt so in trust with, with the path and so in trust that I will always be supported in my highest service that I just didn't have any of that fear come up. So, um, you know, during the time that I was in Peru, I actually shared higher levels of my work than I had ever shared at that time. There were new offerings that I was asked to birth online. It brought great abundance to me, but more importantly, it, it um, you know, was really needed by, by the people at that time and, and, and it was bringing this incredibly high form of service that I wouldn't have been able to conceive myself. It was just, you know, a, a direction. I then found myself in a position where I, I absolutely needed to get to a first um, world country because I needed to have a small operation and I couldn't get it in Peru. Borders were closed. So there were no re repatriation flights coming for Australia. The EU repatriation flights were not available to me on an Australian passport. And, um, you know, it could have, again, been a very scary situation. And I'm not going to lie, I had my human moments. I did definitely have my moments of, oh, you know, but then I would realign and I'm like, that's not my experience. That's not my reality. And and so when it just, it, you know, I was talking to the UK embassy and the airlines are trying to get an exemption. And when, when I couldn't get it, I couldn't get the bureaucracy to, to open up, um, I went into ceremony. I went up to the most sacred mountain. I sat with my beautiful shaman um, brother up there and we came into ceremony and we asked the mountain to open up the, the pathway. Within six days of that time, I was on a flight. You know, I got the exemption through. And so that kind of weaving of the magic, the weaving of co-creation, the holding the highest vision, knowing that your highest path will always be um, supported. Again, I landed in, I knew I wasn't meant to go back to live in Australia, but I, I didn't really have anywhere else to go. So I was planning to just go back to Australia and then, um, and I did actually have a flight booked. But then I was guided to go to Stonehenge and the, the stone said to me, we need you here. We need you to stay in the UK. So I realised, okay, well, I guess I just have to lose the money for that flight that I've booked. Um, two days later, the flight was cancelled and I got a full refund. And because my mum's British, I was able to put through for my citizenship and residency. You know, they were saying it could take six months or longer because of the pandemic and the lockdown and everything. I had it in five and a half weeks. You know, so I, I share this as real life examples of what it means to live in this frequency. It's not just an airy fairy thing. Like this is a very tangible way of experiencing the world. And I've been told time and time again, when you embody the rainbow frequency and you walk in this way, it's like every and, and you you commit to your highest service. Everything is supported. So it's like every step that you take, this rainbow path, like 
extends out before you and clears all obstacles in the way. So even bureaucracy, even closed borders, even a pandemic can't stop you from being in your highest service. And so there's always two ways to experience things. You can either plug into your highest timeline and your highest reality and hold that, you know, both for yourself, the gifts for yourself, but also for the collective. Or you can plug into the lower reality of fear and, and desperation and all of that. And the choice really is ours. Does that does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, that's a great example. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, that personal experience that you just went through because I think it really demonstrates the illusions. Yes, totally. That one could have seen, like as these roadblocks, like you said, in the pandemic and the border shut down and and all of that. And then all of a sudden, like you said, you come into alignment and everything opens up effortlessly. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's the the last, you know, the last probably couple of weeks or maybe even month before I left Peru, the message was, um, you know, just trust you know live in this embodied frequency you because this this frequency this rainbow frequency is our creative force yeah and and because it is divine love um we can we can weave whatever magic we want from that we can weave any experience we want but it's always going to be for the highest good because becoming the embodiment of that is love so everything that we create is love you know so it's none of the old um you know, the old concerns of, oh, but if you have power, you might use it in a corrupted way or you might use it to take something from someone else. There's none of that because to actually connect in with that frequency and create in that way, in a way that, as I shared, you know, even bureaucracy can't be a barrier. There are no barriers. Um, you have to really be in that embodiment of, of your divine love essence and then everything is aligned. Yeah, beautiful. Now, do you work individually with others? I know that you said that you had offerings. Um, yeah. You know, what kind of work, if our listeners wanted to work with you, do you do any type of like energy healing or to help somebody get into alignment with this yeah. rainbow frequency to, like you said, I know that um, everyone's ego death is going to be individual and the timing will be when it needs to happen. But is there anything that you can help to facilitate? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that can be supported through that as well. You know, it's, it, even though it is, um, you know, you go through it in your own timing, there's, it's not something that you have to do alone, you know, like, I mean, obviously the actual work is what you have to do alone, but there's a lot of um, things that can be supporting. So I've actually been called, um, especially this year, to, to have even more ways um, to work with people. So I can no longer do just one-on-one -on -one sessions um, because of the amount that I'm bringing through, but I've got different layers of ways that people can connect. So the first way is through um, my offerings on social media. I do a lot of free offerings, so free multidimensional journeys, energy updates. Um, it's really there to support people through this process. So I think there's something like, you know, 15 multidimensional journeys um, that people can do and activations and, and healings um, that I've already shared. So that's on my YouTube, which is Cielano Estrella. Um, and also in the Rainbow Tablets, Rainbow Frequency Stabilizers um, private group on Facebook, I share a lot of energy updates and we sometimes do some live activations. So that's kind of like the first layer. I'm also on Instagram, Cielano Estrella. And the next layer is the book. 
right? So the book is a really accessible way for people to receive a lot of remembering and I'm sure you know it yourself as well that um, it's the kind of book you can come back and read again. You know, I, I get so many people saying I have to read it again and then they access even more of the codes and remembering second time. So I am working on other books to come out as well. Um, I'm also calling in the right publisher right now because I need to move from um, a self-published platform to, um, uh, you know, a professionally published platform. So I'm, that's something I'm working on at the moment. And then the next layer is I've just been called to do develop a suite of online courses. And these will be online courses um, all about embodying the rainbow frequency. And so Eventually, there'll be about 10. I'm going to have to release them one at a time. So the one that I'm about to release is Live from the Heart and Sacred Ceremony. So this is what I was just sharing about how I've created, um, you know, being able to move through these blocks. It, it shares how to live in this way and work with ceremony and work through the heart in this way. But there will be other ones as well. The next one will be... Um, breaking through fear and limitations you know so different points in people's journey so that they can kind of like look at the suite of these courses and go okay well maybe those four things I've got down you know I'm good there but I could really use some help with these other six things um so that's that's a new offering that I've been um called to develop and then the next thing from that is I do do online multi-dimensional retreats so that was birthed this year without being able to travel I can actually um take people there and we have very tangible multi-dimensional journeys like all of us have been blown away with this so I'm, I'm working with England um you know obviously all the magical beings and energies here Egypt and all of the star codes the beautiful star brothers and sisters there the sacred sites um I will probably do one with Australia and also the US, places like Mount Shasta, Sedona. Um, and then above that, there will be physical re retreats resuming when, <laughs> when our travel opens up. And then my only opportunity to work sort of one-on-one -on -one is my six-month mentorship program. So I do two intakes, um, you know, one at the beginning of the year, one at the end of the year. I do have waiting lists for all of my offerings. So if people are interested, I really invite them to go to my website, cielanoestrella.com, and they can go to any any of the you, you kind of any of the pages if they go to the mentorship page for example you can choose waiting list um, and then you can just tick the offerings that you're interested in and when I release them you'll be the first to know because generally at the moment anything I release is filled up between 24 to 48 hours um, so this is another reason why I'm really working on these online courses to make it accessible um, to everyone. Yeah. Wow, wonderful. I mean, just hearing that, you know, you have this waiting list just shows how many people, like you say, you know, are waking up or wanting to get back connected with this frequency. Yeah. That word. It's like, we're so ready for this. And, and it's beautiful, you know, that the community, the sense of community that comes from it, this is something that I've really seen in the Rainbow Tablets um, private Facebook group is that um, although it's only I post because the Rainbow Race asks that we keep the the, the channel really clear so that the transmissions, you know, um, are really easy to, to see come through. But everyone interacts through the comments. And it's just this beautiful, it's this realisation that we're not alone, you know. We're not going through this alone. It can feel so big, you know. When, and a lot of people as well, when they're first waking up to this stuff, they they don't have people to share with it. They sometimes feel like, and, and especially, you know, I've had clients say, well, 
um, I'm realizing that my friends' circles, a lot of what we do is talk badly about other people or, you know, mm. I don't want to do that anymore. That's not in alignment with me anymore. Or other people, you know, men might say, I realize that all we do is we drink and, and you know, that's not really, I want to be connecting in a different way. And so it can feel sometimes a bit isolating or even, as you said, like if people are feeling like this homesickness and, and it doesn't sound logical so maybe they don't feel comfortable expressing that to people, to suddenly have this amazing community where everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's totally normal, yeah, you know, and, and they can share experiences. It's like, wow, you know, it's we are all doing this together and this is the thing, you know, it's just a massive co-creation. We are, we are all helping each other to remember. So, um, you know, we all activate each other. We all lift each other if we allow ourselves to do so and if we allow ourselves to receive. And it's just we've all got so much to share and just being able to connect in that way is such, um, it's just such a beautiful experience. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we finally got you on here, that you are, you're settled where you are. We were able to actually make this happen. Um, it was well worth the wait for me. And I definitely want to thank, um, you know, my podcast listener, Lee, who sent this suggestion, um, you know, again, synchronicities. Yeah, so it's wonderful. And for those of you who were listening to this podcast, I just want to remind you that you can actually watch the conversation on Path 11tv.com so you can see um, what Sia Lanou was talking about. She showed us some um, some pictures in the book um, of the fragmentation and, and what that looks like. And, uh, and here's a copy of the book again, The Rainbow Tablet Tablet's Journey Back to Wholeness. Um, mm -hmm. So it's important to get this book, if nothing else, get on her wait list, go to her website. I am going to be following you probably once we get off of this call. I'm going to go to your Instagram, go to your Facebook. Yeah. I'm really interested to get some of these, you know, transmissions and see, mm -hmm. you know, what happens in my own life as well. So Thank you so much. This was such a gift. Thank you so much. Thank you. And just sending lots of love. And um, thank you for the work that you're doing because it's it's really amazing to be sharing all that you're sharing with everyone. So honoring that. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that show. And don't forget to head on over to path11tv.com. Grab your annual membership for $59. Remember, that is 40% off the regular price. So I really want you to take advantage of our launch deal of $59. You get over 75 hours of content that we have on there. So head on over to path11tv.com. Take advantage of the annual membership. All right, guys, take care.